Welcome to the Garden Path Podcast, life lessons and conversations from the garden. Hi, I'm your host, Misty Little, and this is Season 3, Episode 7, and today is a solo episode. It is an episode I recorded of a fall garden tour of my edible garden back in about mid-October, so it's actually been about a month um, by the time this episode airs that I recorded that episode. Um, so a lot of the stuff that is in the garden has definitely changed and grown and my husband has actually planted his beds now, and today we went, uh, well, we, my husband, <laughs> dropped by our local uh, nursery and picked up some onion sets, and so things have definitely moved along a little bit further than they were in mid-October, and we've had a couple more cold fronts, but um, most things out there have, have still done pretty well, so hope you guys enjoy this episode. It's the first of a couple, maybe three or four episodes uh, that'll be solo for the next little bit um, while I kind of take a break from talking to other gardeners for a little while. I hope you guys don't mind that. I thought I would do something a little bit different for this November and December season. Um, as always, you guys can email me at thegardenpathpodcast at gmail.com. I'm on Instagram at thegardenpathpodcast. And you can always just leave a comment on the episode at thegardenpathpodcast.com. The show notes for the episode will also be on the website. So if I mention any of the plants that I'm growing or I mention another podcast and how to make gingerbug, all of that stuff is going to be in the show notes as well. So you'll be able to hear that, uh, or read that rather, <laughs> at thegardenpathpodcast.com. So don't forget to rate and review and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever else you guys listen. And I hope you have a great uh, gardening week and enjoy the episode. So... Out here in the edible garden, it is October 16th. Thought I would do a tour of um, what's kind of growing as a fall garden. Um, you can hear the crows. I like the crows this time of year. So I'm gonna plant a few things today too, but um, mostly I thought I would do a tour of what's growing um, out here in the in the garden. So the garden is fenced in. I've got six main beds. We've got perimeter beds of varying widths along the sides. Um, I'd say the south and north sides have the widest points um, and the east and west have the narrow. They're probably about a foot and a half, two feet wide um, over there. But the beds right now for um, October, I'd say half of them are empty and half are, are planted already. A couple beds are still unplanted because um, my husband is going to use some of those beds. We kind of tried to divide up the beds for um, marital sanity, I guess I should say, <laughs> so we can agree on different things we want to plant, as well as bed methods. He has different ideas of what to do. I don't really want to till, so we're kind of playing around with some things. So, um, yeah, you got to do what you got to do, right? Um, so I guess the big thing, uh, the still growing from summer would be our Seminole pumpkin bed. And I just harvested, um, two pumpkins not too long ago, uh, last week, and I turned them into pumpkin butter. Um, and I've got at least one, two, 
four, five, six, seven. I'm counting seven pumpkins on the vines right now. One is yellow, yellowing, and then the rest are still pretty green. And there's a couple other smaller um, pumpkins that are trying to form. I don't know if they'll have time to mature before our first frost, which who knows when that's going to be. Could be early December. Could be like one year. It was like January the next year before we had a frost. So um, this bed's just still producing, doing really great uh, so far. Um, we also have strawberries in one of the uh, modified hookah culture beds. And I really need to get in and weed this bed again. Um, it kind of gets out of control. Um, I've got some bok choy that has... Uh, randomly sprouted from seeds from last year which is great I don't mind uh, that popping up um, and kind of dealing with that but the strawberries they actually kind of thinned out and died back this summer I don't know if it was the heat partially probably maybe from flooding from Harvey uh, what exactly was going on um, that was kind of a problem um, so there's another space along this perimeter bed that's kind of empty that I'm not really doing much with, but I've also got my asparagus. And my asparagus, I think this will be the, this is the second full year, maybe the third full year they have been in the ground. I started them from seed. It's the Mary Washington um, variety. And they're, they have really, this year they really started producing the shoots that would be edible. I just happen to always never catch them. <laughs> Um, before they're already like three feet tall and um, so this spring I'll be paying more attention to when they start shooting up to get those tender shoots to start eating. Um, and one of the beds my husband is going to plant is um, a sweet potato vine that has was a relic from last year. Um, this bed has had sweet potatoes in it for about three or four years and we always seem to forget um, a sweet potato, so they will always pop back up. This year, I didn't think, I thought this year was the year that was finally going to be the year we didn't have any pop-up, but turned out I was wrong. <laughs> so it just took a lot, lot longer for them to sprout. So um, they did sprout. They kind of took over a bean trellis I had from early summer. The beans on this bed, for whatever reason, kind of just did not do that great. Um... I don't know. I had some problems with this bed. Again, <laughs> we had varying opinions on why uh, that happened. So that's really the only thing growing in this bed right now are sweet potato greens. I don't have, uh, I haven't dug up to see what the potato itself looks like. And I'll, I'll probably wait another month before I do that. Usually we kind of do that around first of November. So we'll walk along a little bit. I planted a bunch of different seeds about a month ago. Um, one area was sorrel um, that has not germinated. I don't know if it's going to take some cooler weather. Today is, and yesterday have been our really most cool days we've had so far. Mornings were kind of in the low, well not low 40s, high 40s. Oh, hey, there's a painted lady uh, butterfly uh, getting some nectar on some like, oxalis that is uh, blooming. Um, anyway, so the... Um, Seeds germinating, yes, cool weather. Uh, is our this has been our first year, first uh, cool weather for the season. We had a little bit of a taste, but it was more like the 60s. Um, 
but the high 40s, this has been our first time. So, so adjacent to the sorrel along this perimeter on the west side is also some dill that I planted and it's coming up great. Again, I need to also do some more weeding. Um, I've got fenugreek and then my dead, um, my dead lemon verbena that Harvey killed. And then I'm trying to grow some sage, but I don't know, it may not be the right time of year for that. And then as an experiment, I planted some sugar snap peas, which a couple did germinate. It is a little bit early, but I, all the guides said that I could plant it this early. So um, typically we plant that in December. It's not usually this kind of early thing, but I thought I would give it a chance. The vines looked look a little iffy, so maybe, maybe I shouldn't be doing that. We'll see. Uh, we'll just keep doing the perimeter bed to keep the flow going here. So on the very north side is our blackberry fence and um, I've already trimmed back the old cane from last year. New cane is growing. I need to get along this fence and retie some of the, the vines so they're not going all crazy. They like to come out and poke me in the eye when I'm walking around. And then these vines also shoot send out runners into the path so I had to dig those up sometimes and I just did that uh, recently so uh, yeah it's kind of a pain anyway I sowed some lettuce in this bed to Paris Island costs and a steak okay there it is my son moved it when he was over here helping me uh, black seeded Simpson and all of those are up now they're not really they still got their well, a couple of them might have some true leaves, but most of them are still in their the cotyledon stage. Um, that's all I have really in this bed other than the blackberries. I haven't gotten out to planting anything else. Um, eventually there's going to be some cauliflower and probably some other greens. Um, there's actually probably about four feet of width here with plenty of space that I could underplant uh, from the blackberry vines. So on the east side perimeter, and this is the other narrow spot, um, I've got chives which grow pretty much year-round. And then I have my oregano which is coming back after Harvey. It was, it, it flooded. <laughs> it didn't do very great. My cilantro is coming back up. I've also got some more self-seeding bok choy coming up through here. The cilantro is doing great. I'm very excited about that. Now, I also have some waning Cuban oregano. I'm going to try this year to do my very best about taking cuttings and restarting it uh, in pots. It is not cold hardy here. We do have to either buy it every year at the, at the store or um, try to overwinter it. So I'm going to try to do my best to overwinter it this year. Um, further down, I've got different parsleys. Um, single leaf Italian. I think I had some sort of broadleaf one. I can't find my label. Oh, there's a flat leaf. Um, I've got, oh yeah, there's some better patches of parsley coming up now, which is good. Um, but not nearly as well germinated as I was hoping for. And then back down towards the gate, here is my ginger. And I can't tell, it looks like I may be sending up flowers, which I've never seen my edible ginger sending flowers up before. So that's kind of cool. I'm interested to see what this looks like. Um, I could actually probably harvest some of the clumps now and use in some kombucha or 
make it with some tea, um, do something cool like that. I would like to try a ginger bug again. I did a ginger bug over the summer and I kept it up for a couple months, but then uh, did not keep it going and it molded. So um, it's pretty simple to start. Uh, I would listen to the uh, Living Homegrown podcast. She has a great uh, how-to uh, with ginger bugs. And that's basically who I use my recipe from and creating my little ginger ale cocktail uh, concoction at the end. And then right here towards the rest of the way um, by entrance, there's nothing else going. I kind of toss some stuff to store, poles, and other random junk. So yeah, the first three beds in this garden are too empty. So too empty, except for the sweet potato vine, then my pumpkin. And so really everything I've got growing in the garden are on the back beds uh, on the north side of the garden. So we'll work our way from east to west on the north side. Um, in this bed here, I've got some self-seeding dill and some borage. And I'm trying to grow some cabbage. And I've got, in this bed, I've got Brunswick and Jersey Wakefield. Jersey Wakefield. And they've had sporadic germination. Looks like Brunswick cabbage has done the best. And the Jersey Wakefield, not so much. You know, actually, I think I had better germination. What came through were snails. And they ate off those first leaves and some of them have, have tried to fight back and are re resending new leaves out, but kind of had to, um, I tried to re-sow a few things, but it looks like I'm having spotty germination as well. And then I sowed Chinese cabbage too, but it didn't come up. So I'm gonna have to re-sow that. Again, I may have been early on a few things. Most greens will do well in Texas in September. And I know people will start things in shade or inside in August, but usually we still have so much summer vegetables going that we don't do that. Um, in this bed before, at the back end of the bed, we used to, ha I had okra and cowpeas growing, but um, I took those out over the weekend. The cowpeas were um, Red Ripper. They had great growth, but barely produced. And if I remember growing these about three, four years ago. It had similar uh, circumstances. So I'll be probably trying to grow a different cowpea next year. If you guys have any input on cowpeas, that would be great. Um, what grows really great for you, especially if you're in the South, do tell. Um, and so yeah, on the back of the, on the north side of these three beds here, we have trellises that got put in this year that I'm very excited about. They've kind of added some more space for us, especially because we can't grow along these perimeter fences. The uh, deer still like to, the perimeter fences were kind of meant we were gonna grow things along them, but we definitely have problems on particular plants because the deer like to come through and browse. So we don't uh, necessarily grow things along that space, which is kind of frustrating because it it's space that could be used, right? But we really can't do that, so. My husband put in these trellises and they have worked great. Um, so in the next bed, the middle bed I've got growing is, is doing really, really well is Florida broadleaf mustard. Um, it's probably the greens that have thrived the most so far. Um, and I've tasted some of the leaves so far. 
pretty spicy. The bite kind of goes away, I'd say relatively fast. Um, I don't think it's as spicy as the red giant mustard. Um, but yeah, I'm actually really impressed with the screen so far. So we'll see how that does over winter. I've also got four tomatoes in this bed, actually kind of, kind of five tomatoes. <laughs> I, um, my tomatoes, I tried to grow, um, get a head start of all of those flooded. So I went and bought three other, um, plants right after Harvey and repot replanted them. But I've also, because it's now perfect weather for, um, plants just to self so come up, um, I'm getting tomatoes popping up all over the garden. So I replanted one under another tomato, a vining one that had actually, it's not even in the tomato cage. It's like on the side of the tomato cage and I just kind of like trained it up over onto the tomato cage. Um, so I had that space inside the tomato cage. It was empty. So I put that tomato there. Um, so the tomatoes are starting to thrive really well. And some of those tomatoes, one I believe is Everglades, the one that's outside the tomato cage that just popped up over the summer. Um, I have no idea what the other tomato, random tomato that I put there is going to be. And then uh, another one is called Bumblebee. And it had a tomato on it when I first got it and it finally ripened. It was a little orange. It was bigger than a cherry. Um, not quite plummy. And it was orange, orangey red. It was pretty good, but it has not produced anything else yet. But I think now with this cooler weather, we're going to start seeing more flowers under my tomatoes and I hope I can get some tomatoes soon. Um, so kind of in interplanted here, I've got some bok choy and it's doing really great. I'm also growing some carrots, um, which have had mostly good germination on those. Some of them have been spotty. I tried to re-sew. Uh, ooh, it looks like what I re-sewed is coming up now. So, um, I'm not sure, maybe the snails got those too. Um, they're called Tondali Parigi, maybe. They're small, kind of little fat squatty thing. My son likes growing and eating uh, carrots. Um, he'll eat them straight from the garden if you just wash them off. So, so these were a good small size for him that I thought would be good for um, eating straight out in the garden. Um, so on the, yeah, so the other two tomatoes I've got going are um, now I've lost my tag. Oh, that's because my son tossed it over here and I can't read it anymore. I am not, oh wait, maybe this is it. This is what happens when you have, oh yeah, the Ryzen tomato. It's a good paste tomato. Um, that sounded weird. Tomato. <laughs> um, kind of elongated, good paste tomato. It's an heirloom. And then I've got, the one I bought is Perfect Flame, Flame perfect plane. It hasn't produced yet either, but it's growing really great. It looks really nice um, right now. And then I threw some cucumber seeds out on the trellis that we weren't using, the second trellis, and the Sumter cucumbers, and they're producing great. They're doing pretty excellent um, right now. All right, so in the final bed, I've got trying to grow block broccoli, but it has not germinated. Um, I haven't decided whether to give up on that seed. It's kind of older. Maybe give it another week and then I'm going to plant something else in that space. And then hold on, I'm going to have to bounce back across the side here because I don't have my labels. Um, oh yeah, Fort Hook Giant Shard. And I have pretty poor germination on that. 
So I'm gonna have to put some other stuff in those um, empty spaces as well. Um, kale blend um, with a blackberry lily sprout. <laughs> I'm just gonna leave it for now, but blackberry lilies kind of get crazy with their seeds and they'll sprout anywhere, which is what happened, which is what happened here. I'm guessing that has come up from my compost that we put in. Kale's doing pretty good. It's starting to thicken up. I've, I've thinned, the, thinned it a few times, but it could probably go through and thin a couple more um, out. I've got some Easter egg radish and then perpetual spinach. Um, you know, and maybe with the Fort Hook Giant uh, shard as well, the problem may have been um, snails too. I don't know. So I re-sewed the perpetual spinach. Um, I'm hoping it will do uh, better here soon. And I've got uh, French breakfast radish and then the Nero Toscano kale, which I think might be the same as dinosaur. I'm not quite sure. And I've got a couple peppers left over. So, um, Carmen and just a banana. Well, my battery is running a little low, so I'm going to wrap this edible garden tour up. I hope I can do a flower garden tour soon. Um, hope you guys enjoyed this.